BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, here we are, Sam Society. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Sandwich. I am your host, Mark Reed, and today I'm diving into the world of communication and relationships. I want to uncover real-world wisdom that's going to elevate your social game, and mine, too, and that is how to talk to people. And you might think, hey, Mark, come on now. I know how to talk to people. I've been doing it all my life. Yeah, sure, but do you ever have any trouble? I mean, I talk to people all the time. I have a podcast where I frequently interview people, for goodness sake. But I try to think of areas where I sometimes have trouble. And I thought, well, maybe other folks have trouble in these areas too. That sounds like a topic for Zen Sandwich to tackle. So I interviewed four experts in areas of communication that trip a lot of us up sometimes, such as talking to kids. We're talking with domineering types, you know, people who talk too much or try to one-up you all the time, or dealing with a heckler, someone who throws you off your game. How do you think quickly on your feet in that situation? And finally, how do you moderate folks when they just go so far off topic or say something inappropriate? So that's the focus of this sense image. How do we get better at talking to people? You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Hey, before I begin, I would like to give a shout out to a Zen Sandwich sponsor, MandateToElevate.com. That link will be in the show notes. Look, I, I can't tell you enough the amount of positive energy Byron and Mariah Edgington put out there. And look, I only endorse stuff I truly believe in, and I believe in what they've got going on. I've read their books. They have a series entitled You Are More Than Enough, but they keep churning out material. Byron has a writing workshop coming out. If you're interested in becoming a writer or a better writer, you can check out helpful affirmations on the website. They have an I am exercise in multiple languages. Check that out. My wife, Haruka, and I are proud to be the translators of that project into Japanese. So when you're done listening to this episode and you want some more thoughtful, positive ideas for your life, go check out mandate to elevate.com. Okay, on with the show. 
even when I do Zoom calls with adults, right. like there's so many times where I'm I, I'm coming in like full force and people are like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You're coming in hot. Slow it down. <laughs> I totally come in hot. But I think a lot of times the kids kind of appreciate that because they think like, okay, she's kind of crazy. So maybe this is going to be fun. <laughs> All right, I'm you learning. There you go. I'm learning a lot today. Okay. If you want to talk to kids, be a wackadoodle. There you go. It totally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is Raquel Boras. She's the host of the Rock the Boat podcast, where she interviews kids from the single digits of eight or nine years of age to late stage teenagers just around the corner from adulthood. She also puts on Youth Empowerment Summit. She concluded one recently in California and has another scheduled in 2024 in Houston, Texas. For me, at least, one of my occasionally awkward moments is when I talk to children. But why? Some people are just natural at it, like Raquel. So I wanted to ask Raquel first, what kind of mindset do you get in when you interview kids or even just talk to them outside of your podcast or youth empowerment events? Well, I feel like I'm a kid myself. Um, I kind of matured very early in life. So I feel like I kind of suppressed that little girl inside me. And now at age 48, she's like, woo, I'm here. So <laughs> there's something about that, that I don't really prepare myself. I didn't remember. I never have any like questions prepared or anything. Like I go into it with the mindset of like, all right, if I was a kid and uh -huh. I was talking to another kid, like how would I go about it? And it's just literally like asking questions and just being curious. And there's the clue to something we can all learn about being better communicators, being more at ease with talking to others, regardless of age, being curious, maintaining that curiosity about the other person. Yeah. There was there was one particular episode where the young lady was obsessed with Minecraft <laughs> and it was it was a difficult one, but it was also showed me how important it was that she was speaking to me because what happened was it was in the beginning and she is I think she was nine at the time, but emotionally she was like a five year old like she had suffered a lot of trauma already as a kid. Yeah. So she was very she acted very young for a nine-year-old uh, and she was focused on her ipad and she just kept like playing and she was talking about minecraft and i'm like asking questions and she clearly was like very like into her game and not really talking to me so i simply said hey michelle and i'm pretty yeah it was her name was michelle michelle if you want to go and play your game like don't worry about it like we can do this another time because i never want a kid to feel forced to have to speak to me sure. and she's like no 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 and then she kept getting back on it and I was like, sweetie, really, like, I'm not going to get upset if you want to go play your game. And when we, we talk some to other time and she finally like threw her iPad down and she goes, no, I want to talk to you. <laughs> and it's like it took a couple times for her yeah. to realize that, like, no, I don't want to not talk to you. So then I'm going to put my iPad away. And that was also a really compelling moment for me because yeah. I was like, wow, like she really wants the attention of an adult. And that's what it is, is like when they're talking about things that you don't really know. I still maintain like that curiosity. I'm asking them questions because I truly don't know. And that's just it. With kids or adults, people just want to be heard. Even if they seem distracted or nervous or shy. And Raquel said it best. 
You really don't know. You don't know what their interests are, what they care about. So though the intention of this episode is how to talk to people, perhaps the most important aspect of being good and comfortable with that sort of thing, with talking, is to listen. Be curious. Raquel is so good with the children she interviews, I wondered if, though I and some people have a tough time talking with kids, if she actually finds it easier to talk to them. And she brought up a very fascinating point from which I think we could also learn something. Yeah, you know what? I will tell you, Mark, there's something about knowing that you're going to talk to a kid that automatically it's like my guard is down because I don't feel like I have to impress them. I don't feel like I have to sound all professional or like I know what I'm talking about because I feel like when I talk to other adults or I'm on a podcast like right now talking to you, it's like, (laughs) oh, geez, I got to sound like I'm an expert. (laughs) (laughs) There's that pressure from the start. And I feel like with kids, there's zero pressure because I know they're not going to judge and they're coming from like a very innocent, non-judgmental place. And that there's something about that that really kind of just makes you or allows you, I guess it allows you to just be yourself. Ah, be yourself. Easier said than done sometimes. So how do we be ourselves when faced with different sort of challenge and that is people who throw us for a loop or people who might indeed judge us adults our peers i spoke with jeff walner a speechwriter and author who also has years of experience as a stand-up comedian he performed in improvisation situations in comedy troops and and i asked him about how to think on your feet quickly and how to respond to folks who throw you a curveball in life i would have hecklers that would just yell all kinds of obscenities at me yeah and i'd have to step in and say all right grandma i get it enough relax (laughs) okay i know i didn't come by for thanksgiving last year this was not necessary but i've had other people too and i'm not even kidding when i say this i've had people threaten me oh and oh yeah and when that happens you've got to think quick on your feet because first and foremost your planned material it's over You're not going to jump into your next joke. You can't pretend that didn't happen because now you are actually the captive audience. So the first thing you have to do is you've got to lean back into your sense of humor about the entire situation. Hmm. You've got to defang it. You've got to declaw it. You've got to take those really jagged edges off because if you're leaning into the jagged edge of the situation, you're going to get shredded to pieces. You're going to get anxious. You're going to get nervous. You're going to start catastrophizing. So you got to say, okay, how can I make this as ridiculous as irreverent as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And it, it leans into the whole idea of Zen sandwich and all of that. It's, of course, you know, yeah. it's leaning into the whole, you know, leaning into these esoteric concepts and realizing, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just laughing Buddhas. So how can I make this as ridiculous and irreverent as I can? I've actually spoken similarly on this topic on an episode entitled how to deal with assholes. <laughs> In which I uh, one of the one of the techniques that I advocated was that I sometimes imagine the person I'm speaking with as a Smurf <laughs> while they're talking, 
I picture them all blue, wearing a Smurf hat and Smurf pants, and I even give them sometimes a a name, like, oh, I'm speaking with Annoying Smurf, or Not Too Bright Smurf. (laughs) And really at that point, you just cease to take them seriously, and you might even get a good laugh while you're at it. But that's for the hecklers and verbal bullies and, well, the assholes in life. The question remains, though, how do you think quickly on your feet? Most of us aren't improv actors. What's a mindset or what are some tools that we might utilize? As Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and each one of us are characters. So think Mm -hmm. about every interaction you have, either on a stage or just talking to another person Mm -hmm. as a scene in a play. So you're playing your role. You're playing the role of Mark. I'm playing the role of Jeff. That's a moment when you want to take a deep breath and then lean into your own story. So think about examples where you've been dealing with the thing you were asked about. Mm -hmm. And if you think hard enough, it's going to be in there somewhere. So there's a few mistakes people make when this happens. The first is to try to answer something immediately. And guess what Mm -hmm. happens then? They get caught in some kind of BS. This happens all (laughs) the time. And like, ah, come on, you know, that didn't happen. You're just making something up. So that's a very, very common response. Take the pause. Take the pause for a couple of seconds. Don't be afraid to take the pause. Mm-hmm. This is something a lot of performers are afraid to do. They think yeah. you can't have the dead air. It's, you know, that, that radio thing has been drilled into our minds. And yeah. Take the pause and just think. It will come to you. And if it doesn't, that's okay, too. Then say, damn. Right. Honestly, I really don't know off the top of my head. And then turn it back around. What do you think? Yeah. And <laughs> realize that everything is your friend. And that's the fun part about conversation. Everything is your friend, which means first work inside out. Think about what from your own life and your own stories and your own experience can you draw from to Mm. add to a conversation, to add some color, to add some seasoning to a conversation, and then zoom out a little bit. Okay, now zoom out to the person with you. Ask some questions about them. What have you been up to? Have you seen this? Tell me about a time you did this. Mm. Engage them. Then zoom out a little bit more to the larger concentric circle of the room that you're in, maybe there's other people in it you can engage, or if there's something on the wall that you can talk about or something that just (laughs) happened to you on your way over to the place you're at. And then zoom out a little bit more about something that might've happened to you yesterday or something you're planning on doing tomorrow. Just keep zooming out and you'll realize the entire world is your playground. Yeah. So play in it. Finally, I wanted to get Jeff's opinion on the topic of, well, what do we do when we bomb? I asked him, do you just commit to the bit? You know, the way they have to on Saturday Night Live sometimes when the audience just isn't into it. It depends. Sometimes, you know, if you <laughs> if your if your bit is pre-scripted and you don't have anything else to fall back on, then that's one option. But it's not the one I'd recommend because if you're bombing based on your preset stuff and it's clear what you've laid out there is just not sticking with your audience. It's yeah. not resonating. And I've experienced this on stage. I've experienced this in live streams. Right. I thought it was going to be hilarious. And people are looking at me like I just shot the Pope. Like, <laughs> well, this is a problem. So at that point, just shift and just start playing in the field. Hmm. Start playing in the field. First and foremost, self-deprecation is your friend. Right. Now, we live in a day and age where you have all the influencers out there saying, well, self-deprecation is bad and you've got to always be pumping yourself up. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Pumping yourself up and giving yourself confidence and talking about your worth does not go away if you make jokes about the terrible joke you just made. Right. Shows yeah, that I, you have a sense of humor and it endears you even more to people. I Nobody so. likes someone who takes himself too seriously. 
The world is a stage and we are all actors. And nobody likes someone who takes him or herself too seriously. But what do you do when someone seems to be acting in a totally different play than the one you're in? For example, they talk about something very industry specific or maybe they just ramble on. Sia Yesatornrap wears a lot of hats in the podcasting universe. She's a producer, a co-host, and for a wide range of topics from business to cybersecurity and even movie reviews. So I wanted to find out some practical tips from her on how to rein in someone when they just start wandering off the reservation, so to speak. Number one thing, what always have a goal in mind. So in every show that you have, even if it's the most casual show, there should always be some kind of goal that you have or an objective. And so if you see and hear the conversation starting to float into what I affectionately call squirrel territory, absolutely <laughs> kind of, you know, we know this, we know when we're all squirreling, I too have undiagnosed ADHD, ADD tendencies. If you recognize that end goal is further away, Mm -hmm. then at some point you can always gently, you know, interrupt someone or say, Hey man, let's bring it back and own it and call it out saying, okay, we're drifting. Let's go back here. So there's multiple ways you can go about it, but always know what your goal is. Otherwise any conversation will take you there. Okay. That's great advice for podcasts, but I also wanted to know if Sia applied this in her day-to-day life as well. I I think so. Yeah, I probably do. I'm probably that person talking boring everyone to death. So let me <laughs> let me go and critique myself here. No, I think it's I think if someone is rambling on as one does at cocktail parties and whatnot, you can kind of get the pulse and feel of everyone around you. And if you know anything about them, mm. you could probably find in, in the back of your mind, maybe try to find that one common thing that pulls us all together. Mm. Maybe it's like, oh wait, we all like or we all don't like country music together. So it might be something to the effect of like, after that person's done talking about something, you know, maybe it's something highly technical or something you yeah. can say, Holy smokes. Do you think like, you know, uh, I don't know. Give me a name of a country music star person. Um, Travis Tritt. Okay. You think Travis <laughs> Tritt can, you know, recode that router. I mean, you say something stupid like that and it does shake things up a little bit. It's almost like uh get us all out of our zone. And then with something crazy, and then you can kind of like, you know, pull that them might, back in or move in directions. That might be the best tip of all the experts I've interviewed here is that the bonding force that unites us all is our distaste for country music. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I asked Sia for additional techniques, how you might stay connected to the person who's speaking and yet focus on that goal she talked about at the beginning. I think it's a technique often used in communication is repeat a point that they've made that you think is going to bring it back to the area that you need to go to. So they could go off and run off and like happy, happy land, right. scroll territory. And then you could say, oh man, you know what, Mark, you mentioned about underwater basket weaving. Let's talk about that again real quick, because uh, I think it's going to be blah, blah, blah. So you're using their words. Yeah. And that's going to trigger them to come back. That's good. I, and then I, you just move on. I need this uh, advice for my podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> for both of us. Finally, the last obstacle or moment of awkwardness that 
tends to be a conversation or communication killer is when people say something offensive. Unlike the direct attacks from hecklers that Jeff Walliner had to deal with, here I'm referring now to just general statements that might not be directed at you in particular, but are clearly out of bounds of regular polite conversation. How do you handle those folks, especially if you normally like them as a person? For insight on this, I asked Dennis Patoko, who frequently moderates meetings, occasionally on sensitive topics like the rise of anti-Semitism or what it means to be woke, through a variety of forums that his nonprofit organization, 360 Nation, conducts. I've sat in on several of these forums and witnessed the maestro here at work in managing unpopular or even potentially offensive opinions. I wanted to know how he does it and if that also translates to his regular life outside of these forums. The first thing we do, or I now do, is, Mark, thanks for sharing that. You know, you always start out with a little bit of a positive. Right. Mark, everything Mark said wasn't wrong, necessarily. It might be a great statement. It's just the way he phrased it. So, Mark, thanks for sharing that. Help me understand how you drew that conclusion. Uh, okay. My job is something I know you know very well as a podcast is, is to shut up and listen. Just let Mark go on and kind of he reels it back in himself. Yeah. And then part two of that is after he says all that, maybe we're not quite there yet, Mark. Uh, yeah. I get his permission to be candid. Uh, but you know what I've learned, though, Mark, in doing that, when you think you think the opposite that you're going to piss somebody off as they say i've learned that after that kind of discussion mark or whoever that person is we actually draw a little closer mm -hmm. because we both learned how to have a difficult discussion if you will even if it's just about one thing that was said sure and not attack each other and not be a right fighter but to understand and i'm going to say this again the gift of that whole thing is silence mm. I've got to be able to listen to Mark uh, spill his guts on why he said that. And then he's got to give me permission not to challenge it, but to dig deeper. Yeah. And uh, it's taken a lot of skills. I personally put myself in a position where I have to use those skills with friends, family, and online, because that's the only way you get comfortable with it. The only time you we are ever disappointed is part two of that discussion where I've asked Mark, I've said, Mark, help me understand. And Mark goes on and I say, do I have your permission to be candid? And if Mark says no, <laughs> well, that puts us in an awkward position because what he's saying is I'm closed minded. Right. You know, I, that's, I can't have my opinion. And I've learned to then just eloquently move on. Yeah, I, I think that's the uh beautiful takeaway here is that you know you make the effort to try to understand what they're because maybe they didn't word it the way they wanted to word it you know uh, maybe it came out wrong even in their mind exactly right you, very good point yeah and you're giving them another shot and then if they just they're closing it down well then well what can you do there you at least made the effort dennis's last point about some people being closed-minded it's a good segue that brings me to the final point I titled this episode, How to Talk to Almost Anyone, because it has been my experience that there are two segments of people that we have to simply accept that no progress can be made through conversation. Dennis just named one there, the closed-minded. 
You could brand those folks intolerant, intolerant of others or the views of others. It's a paradox made famous by the philosopher Karl Popper that the one thing that you can't tolerate as a society, and I would argue here even individually in a conversation, the one thing you can't tolerate is intolerance. If someone just absolutely refuses to accept that it's possible they might be wrong on a particular issue, or they have zero flexibility, none whatsoever in their perspective, then there really is no use at coming to the negotiation diplomacy table. I will offer one more group that should be precluded from any attempt at normal, rational conversation. Narcissists. People that are so self-absorbed and unwilling to ever admit fault in anything, don't play their game. Don't be baited into getting pissed off at what they say. Just let it go and walk away. If you try to entertain a conversation with a narcissist, you are only adding fuel to their gas tank. It's best to not give them any attention at all. Okay, so what's the zen here in all of this? Let's end on a positive note rather than intolerant folks and narcissists. All of the contributors here offered something zen. Raquel Boras reminded us all to be curious because you really don't know what someone wants to say. Jeff Wallner reminded us to play. Lean into your humor. Have fun with your conversation. Explore where your conversations can go. I think Sia's zen moment was reminding us of our interconnectedness. Even if we all have our own wildly different interests and expertise and intricacies, we can all find bonds on something that is common to us all. It doesn't have to be a distaste for country music. <laughs> and apologies to any fans out there who, who, who like that particular flavor of music. But the point is to find whatever is out there that we can all bond over and bring that into the conversation. Finally, Dennis Patoko reminds us to Simply try to understand why people feel or think the way they do. Ask the other to help us understand their position better. And in doing so, give them another chance to make their case a little better if, if they weren't very articulate about it the first time. So there's an undercurrent of forgiveness in Dennis's technique. There you go. Curiosity, humor, interconnectedness, and forgiveness. Hey, that's Zen all day, baby. <laughs> that's all, folks. Go check out MandateToElevate.com for some more positive energy and affirmations. Go pick up uh, one of the Journey Well books while you're there. And if you like this episode and would like to support this show, every little bit helps. We are staying afloat because of you who support the show. And just five bucks uh, does some good. It helps pay the bills. As always, thanks for listening and breathe. Don't forget to breathe.